That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? Well, where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission for the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre. How's everybody doing? Sorry, I am doing a... Um, sorry, I am. Huh, I'm not sorry. I'm doing a meta in episode since uh, I just finished catching up on three, four days of podcasts in the dog days of podcasting. So uh, I wanted to give a shout out to all the participants in the DDOP 2022. Uh, it's good to hear all your voices again. I get to hear you guys kind of talk about each other uh, on the various ones and... Uh, I'm jealous, to be honest. <laughs> setup, the setup this year. I'm I'm away a lot, so um, yeah. So I went with uh, what would what would work the best. Um, yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, I wanted to say, Miss Melissa, the bathtub mermaid. Good to hear Meme Del Mar back again, and uh, your uh, <laughs> your social network there, the Shell Book. I think it was called, or she, yeah, you said it. It's Shell Soul Media. <laughs> Mark, definitely enjoying uh, the future episodes and uh, caught up. I finally heard the stapler one that Nutty was talking about, and yes, that was hilarious. Um, the Idjit cast, good to have you with us. Uh, that 80s show does not sound like something I want to watch. Um, I remember kind of when that came out. Uh, it was shortly after that 70s show. Um, yeah, I gave that one a pass. <laughs> Nutty dinner and a movie. Uh, what if? Great show. Loved it. Uh, zombie episode was my favorite episode, though. Um, I really, really like that one. Um, did you know that uh, Chadwick Boseman posthumously, or po is that not the word you say? Anyway, he knew that he was passing away, and he recorded all of his dialogue for the cartoon before he passed on. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, yeah, he already knew at that time. Um, Great show, though. And uh, the other show's good. Turning Red, definitely Canadian. <laughs> 100%. Tim, you're running podcast uh, and talking about hiking. I just got back from hiking. My wife is hardcore into the backcountry uh, hiking excursions. Uh, she's been doing it for years, but is really getting serious now and trying to get trained up as a guide. But uh, she, did, um, she did the Wanda Fuca Trail, which is uh, on the... Inside of Vancouver Island, uh, uh, Victoria, Victoria is the capital of Vancouver Island there. Anyway, on the other side is the West Coast Trail. That one's fairly well known, but I don't know about Wanda Fuca. Um, but it's one of those cool hikes. She was, she was gone for a couple, well, a while, like a week and a half. Uh, and then she did, before that, she did the Chillicoot Trail. And that's, um, that's the one that goes from Canada into Alaska. And it's the um, path that they took during the gold rush. Excuse me. So yeah, she had to uh, she had to go all the way there, climb over the mountain, which was apparently like this last uh, 
exit uh, from Canada into the States. And I guess when you um, had to pack up to go, uh, or sorry, when you had to pack up, when you were coming through Canada and wanted to go to Alaska to pan for gold, you had to have so much gear. They had rules on weights or something ridiculous like that. uh, You have to look it up to know for sure. But anyway, uh, when she got there to the bottom of the hill, it's strewn with human garbage uh, and like stoves from like 1800s, like full stoves and all of this crazy stuff that these people took with them to, you know, meet the requirements to pass through Canada. As far as I understand it, this is the way it is. And then they just dumped it there before they went up this crazy ass mountain. Uh, she said for the last kilometer, she was on her hands and knees, um, crawling sort of up to this peak and then over. And she said that was like the worst, the worst part because it gets narrow and narrower and you're getting higher and higher. And, uh, but anyway, yeah, so she's really into the backcountry uh, hiking and uh, all that kind of stuff. And then this year yet, she still has to fly to Manitoba and she's going to do the Montario Trail. So I think that's Manitoba to Ontario or something like that. It's a lot of walking. <laughs> we did uh, we did a hike, like I said, three days ago and uh, it was... I believe a total of, uh, you know, including there and back between 15, 20 kilometers, something like that. And, uh, we saw a lot of falls and stuff. It was super cool. Uh, and then, uh, who else do we have? Oh, we had the other runner. I, uh, I'm kind of, that's cool. You're training and stuff like that and, uh, getting, getting all ready up for a race. I don't know how you do it. I don't like running. <laughs> I just, I like, I like riding the Peloton bike, but I hate running. I, I just detest it. Uh, <laughs> so good on you. Um, Chuck, Chuck, your karaoke is the best. <laughs> I want to hear uh, friends in low places. Cause I, Tom later sings that a lot in my truck. Like, Rain all on my roots. I showed up in boots and ruined your black tile fire. <laughs> Good to hear you singing again. Craig caught you, uh, caught you there. Good to have you back and uh, hear you, hear your voice. Same thing with you, Amelia. And seize the GM. I just played my first D and D campaign ever um, with my son. About well, okay. To be fair, I was doing two at once, but one didn't go very far, and it was a podcast D and D campaign. Um, but previously to that, or well, I started before and kind of did it all the way to the end. I did one with my, uh, my friend Craig and his son, Ryan and my son and one of their friends, one of Ryan's friends. I was super cool. I've never done uh, any D and D like that. So really got into it and I'm enjoying this NPC stuff. I'm going to share that with my buddy, Craig. Who else? Michael Butler, Michael Butler. Well, we always take a uh, sip of this fine quality h2o and uh, give a shout out to michael butler on the empat podcast ah that's the best sip of the day isn't that right mike and uh who else do we got here who else Mm -hmm. i don't know if i'm forgetting anybody and if i forgot you i apologize it wasn't intentional i didn't write down a list i'm terrible i just been listening to everybody i just want to say hey I caught up to y'all. <laughs> I was gone for, yeah, it took me, it took me about 12 and a half hours to catch up on everything. But I listened when I drove and I listened when I was making breakfast and doing all that kind of stuff. So easy to catch up. Uh, but I've got a couple more trips here where I'm going to have longer periods of time. So there'll be larger catch ups. This was all rambling to quote Mark. Anyway, uh, here's Tom Later's next installment of Prometheus part two.
Part two, how disease and cares came among men. Things might have gone on happily indeed, and the golden age might really have come again had it not been for Jupiter. But one day when he had a chance to look down upon the earth, he saw the fires burning and the people living in houses and the flocks feeding on the hills and the grains ripening in the fields, and this made him very angry. Who has done all this, he asked. And someone answered, Prometheus. What? That young titan, he cried. Well, I will punish him in a way that will make him wish that I had shut him up in the prison with his kinsfolk. But as for those puny men, let them keep their fire. I will make them ten times more miserable than they ever were before they had it. Of course, it would be easy enough to deal with Prometheus at any time, so Jupiter was in no great haste about it. He made up his mind to distress mankind first, and he thought of a plan for doing it in a very strange and roundabout way. In the first place, he ordered the blacksmith Vulcan, whose forge was in the center of a burning mountain, to take a lump of clay which he gave him and mold it into a form of a woman. Vulcan did as he was bidden, and when he had finished the image, he carried it up to Jupiter, who was sitting among the clouds with the almighty folk around him. It was nothing but a mere lifeless body, but the great blacksmith had given it form more perfect than that of any statue that has ever been made. Come now, said Jupiter, let us give some godly gift to this woman, and he began by giving her life. The others came in their turn, each with a gift for the marvelous creature. One gave her beauty, and another a pleasant voice, and another good manners, and another a kind heart, and another skill in many arts, and lastly, someone gave her curiosity. They called her Pandora, which means the all-gifted, because she had received gifts from all of them. Pandora was so beautiful and so wondrously gifted that no one could help loving her. When the mighty folk had admired her for a time, they gave her to Mercury, the light-footed, and he led her down the mountainside to the place where Prometheus and his brothers were living and toiling for the good of mankind. He met Epimetheus first and said to him, Epimetheus, here is a beautiful woman whom Jupiter has sent to be your wife. Prometheus had often warned his brother to beware of any gift that Jupiter might send, for he knew that the mighty tyrant could not be trusted. But when Epimetheus saw Pandora, how lovely and wise she was, he forgot all the warnings and took her home to live with him and to be his wife. Pandora was very happy in her new home, and even Prometheus, when he saw her, was pleased with her loveliness. She had brought with her a golden casket, which Jupiter had given her at parting, and which he had told her held many precious things. But wise Athena, the queen of the air, had warned her never, never to open it, nor look at, nor look at the things inside. They must be jewels, she said to herself, and then she thought of how they would add to her beauty if only she could wear them. Why did Jupiter give them to me if I should never use them, nor so much as look at them, she asked. The more she thought about the golden casket, the more curious she was to see what was in it, and every day she took it down from its shelf and felt the lid and tried to peer inside of it without opening it. Why should I care for what Athena told me, she said at last. She is not beautiful, and the jewels will be of no use to her. I think that I will look at them. At any rate, Athena will never know. Nobody else will ever know. 
She opened the lid a very little, just to peep inside. All at once there was a whirring and rustling sound, and before she could shut it down again, out flew ten thousand strange creatures with death-like faces and gaunt and dreadful forms, such as nobody in all the world had ever seen. They fluttered for a little while about the room, and then flew away to find dwelling places wherever there were the homes of men. They were disease and cares. From up to that time, mankind had not had any of these kinds of sickness, nor had they felt any troubles of mind, nor worried about what the morrow might bring forth. These creatures flew into every house, and without anyone seeing them, nestled down in the bosoms of men and women and children, and put an end to all their joy. And ever since that day, they have been flitting and creeping, unseen and unheard, all over the land, bringing pain and sorrow and death into every household. If Pandora had not shut down the lid so quickly, things would have gone much worse. But she closed it just in time to keep the last of the evil creatures from getting out. The name of this creature was foreboding. And although he was almost half out of the casket, Pandora pushed him back and shut the lid so tight that he could never escape. If he had gotten out into the world, men would have known from childhood just what troubles were going to come to them every day of their lives, and they would never have had any joy or hope so long as they lived. And this was the way in which Jupiter sought to make mankind more miserable than they had ever been before Prometheus had befriended them. You have been listening to Empath Studios' presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on nimlast.org, or you can email us at j at jglangchance.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us. One last thing. What do you think of the music? Intro and outro. See ya.